Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's here, what you've all been waiting for. The Breakout Finder app is updated with the 2022 rookies. Through a lot of time, iteration, work on the back end, thanks to Ahan Runkta, Matt Kelly, Frank Lakatos, and Andy Milnick, we have finally pushed through the Breakout Finder for the 2022 class. Check it out in the App Store. Go to Google Play. Go to the Apple App Store. Add the Breakout Finder today. Follow it on Twitter at Breakout Finder. And go get drafting in your rookie drafts here in 2022. And go check out who's number one. Wandell Robinson with the number one dynamic score. Brees Hall with the number one overall running back breakout rating in the class. Go check it out today in the App Store, Breakout Finder. And go do it and go do it now. Let's get to the future cast this week. With my main man, Andy Milnick, and myself, go follow Andy on Twitter at FFDataKing. And go follow the FutureCast on Twitter at the underscore FutureCast. And don't forget to go over to our friends at Underdog. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD for a deposit match bonus up to $100. Go jump in the Best Ball Mania Tournament, million dollars to second place, $2 million to first place. Go check it out on UnderdogFantasy.com today. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD. All right, brother, we're here, still in rookie draft season, a couple days away from the food cast. have been catching a lot of heat for that. We're just going to jump right in today. I had no intro. We're just going to jump right in today. Food cast last week, and uh, you've been eating it. Are you still in last place on the food cast poll on Twitter? Oh, um, um, yeah. I don't even check it anymore because I, I to be honest, I've never, I've never, want, I never wanted to do something so badly and have it blow up. In my face as bad as this. This is like, this was like, you know, let's have a fun, relaxing thing. I was like, you know, I'm going to come in. It's kind of like a, when you're really good at a video game, like you've got a younger brother, right? Like you're really good at a video game and you're like, man, like I'm going to whoop my brother's ass in this thing or my sibling or like my friend who's not very good at it. And it, he just comes out and he just tears you up the first game and you're like, oh, fuck, are you kidding me? But, but I'm glad, I'm glad I did the pick that I did picks that I did because now I know how the player profiler radio network audience thinks. So next time I can, I can pander a little bit better. I can't, I didn't pander as well this time and I I probably should have. I mean, you took ice cream in round one and our social media guy that made the graphic grabbed your post from a few days after and threw your head in there right on the ice cream. Just, just out of spite. Shout out Aaron Stewart. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, this poll, I mean, it's almost got it's only got 345 votes in it. 
I didn't. I, I honest to God, I'm gonna be straight honest with you. I didn't expect to be in first place. I thought Noah would run away with this because yeah. the, I mean, come on, watermelon burger lemonade. Like, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't think I was gonna be able to hold the stick to it, but beer, s'mores, brisket, hard to beat. Like I said, I'd forfeit the beans, but uh, that was the food cast. We'll be back with a couple of goofy shows like that in the future. But tonight. We are going to be talking about breakup finder. We're going to be talking about the rookie drafts, all that fun stuff. So if you have questions, if you're in a rookie draft, you got a question. Hey, man, I don't, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at 403. I don't know who to pick. Throw the question in the chat. We'll answer a few of the questions in the middle of the show. At the end of the show, do the damn thing. Um, so tonight, let's start it out quick with the transfer portal, the recruitment situations here. Jordan Addison, I haven't seen much of an update from Jordan Addison. Uh, we did have a decommitment uh, from a tight end that went to Vandy. So Julian Randolph, a tight end, 6'5", 210 pounds in the 2023 class. He committed to Vanderbilt 28 days ago. He had offers from Penn, Army, Campbell, and Coastal Carolina. He got an offer from Vanderbilt and accepted it the next day. He was a Vanderbilt Commodore for 28 days. I think it's Commodores, right? Mm-hmm. 28 yeah. days 28 days goes by he gets an offer from miami north carolina and liberty he decommits <laughs> on the minute he decommits the second he gets those offers so so he, the classic the classic oh shit all i have is one you know big d1 offer and then he comes back so julian randolph four-star prospect 6'5 210 pound tight end decommits from vanderbilt opens it back up some other guys that committed this week Dylan Rayola, 2024 quarterback, uh, number three quarterback in the class, five-star, 99.4. Uh, have you heard much or did, did you see this signing from, from Rayola? I think I saw a graphic uh, from Ohio State with, you know, Quinn Ewers, McCord. They hit, like, all the quarterbacks the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. The graphic kind of bragging about, um, like, who they've been able to kind of recruit and kind of keep the train rolling. Yeah, it just, just goes to show you, I mean, that that's – I think, like, with the transfer portal and stuff, like, you talk about with Julian Randolph, like, committing one place and then transferring once they get a bunch of other offers, like, you're not going to have multiple five-star quarterbacks on your roster. So for them to have this guy commit to 2024, you may need a stopgap quarterback if C.J. Stroud leaves next year for just, like, one year before this, this cat comes in. But if he knows the job is his coming in 2024, like, good for him, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's the big thing is, like, all these guys going out, like, they brought Quinn in. They put Quinn on the graphic. Quinn's now gone. It's McCord. This guy's coming in 2024, 2025. Yeah, plenty of time. And he's the QB3 in the class, but the two guys in front of him were, like, 196 pounds and 180 pounds. He's 6'2", 6'3", 225 pounds. Prototypical quarterback. I think it'd be a good uh, good get for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And then a couple of Iowa guys, you know, they're only three stars, but 85 and 86 overall rating on 247 Sports. Just some athletes from Iowa stay mm-hmm. in Iowa. Preston Reese, 6'2", 205, and Derek Weisskopf. Sounds like a, I mean, that sounds like a pretty Iowa name to me. Derek <laughs> Weisskopf, 6'3", 200 pounds in the 2024 class. Uh, both guys commit to Iowa. Stay in-state. That's a big thing, uh, being from the Midwest. I know you are as well. Yeah. Getting these guys to stay in Iowa, stay in Minnesota, stay in Wisconsin, and not let them go too. Ohio State and Penn State and, and, and schools like that. So just a very interesting thing. I just wanted to jump on some of these uh, some of these prospects going through here. And then we have the Arch Manning thing. I saw a little post last night that he potentially was going to commit last night, but I never saw anything 
after that. I think it was like maybe a little fugaze that they were like, oh, Archmane's going to come in at 7 p.m. Did you see anything about this? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the same post. Um, it just seems a little weird that he's kind of drawing it out a lot. I mean, yeah, it, like just make the decision to not make the decision yet. Wait till the end of this year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the more they keep drawing it out, the more they keep good. They're going to keep hyping it up. And I feel like at some point he's going to turn from being this kid that's like really, really good, you know, to being like overhyped. And then he's going to come out and he's probably not going to be maybe maybe he's gonna be good maybe he's gonna be really good but i don't think he'll meet the expectations that we all want him to meet his first year out the bat you know what i mean like he could but i don't know i don't want him to be too overhyped this is like the trevor lawrence slash lebron james situation yeah he's been getting hyped since he was a kid kind of gets the lebron feel he's got the the sunshine feel from Trevor Lawrence, you mash them together times two since he's Peyton Manning's nephew. And I mean, he's got some big, big damn shoes to fill. So it'll be interesting. I did see the article come out uh, from Yahoo uh, and it was like, you know, uh, Arch Manning comments on a number of schools he likes. And he's like, I love Kirby smart. Um, he's a real normal guy and a great coach. And then it was uh, Nick Saban. They're really good coaches at Alabama. It's a machine, and everybody knows it. And then Florida. I've had a few conversations with with Florida. I've only heard great things uh, about Billy Napier. I might have to check them out. <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah. we just threw we just threw Florida <laughs> in the in between Georgia and Alabama. Okay, okay, okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, mo- moving on, moving on. That, that was kind of my thoughts on that, but. We're here to talk Breakout Finder. We're here to talk prospects. Everybody's wondering when the Breakout Finder is coming out. The Breakout Finder numbers are fantasized, and they're going into the system right now, but it takes time. Shout out to Frank. Shout out to Matt. Shout out to Ahan. Shout out to Dario. Everybody on the back end. Shout out to Andy. Everybody on the back end has been working through this. Um, so th- those numbers are processing right now. We're just kind of waiting on uh, the App Store to, to get everything pushed through. But tonight we're going to be talking about some of the breakout ratings in comparison to ADPs uh, via our friends over at MFL. You can check out the ADP tracker on playerprofiler.com in the Dynasty Deluxe section. That is where these ADPs come from. Like I said, Dynasty Deluxe, playerprofiler.com. Click on the ADP tracker. Click on Rookie. Click on 7-day, 14, 30-day, uh, startup, super flex, tight end premium, 2QB, traditional. Every single format you got, we got it. Shout out Frank in the chat. He is... He is the true grinder. Shout out to Frankie, Uncle Frankie. Um, uh, shout out, big just. But we got ADPs here. We got breakout ratings here. We're in a number of drafts. We're in a draft together, Andy. Um, where I was kind of mocking you because I was hoping you weren't going to take Sam Howell because I was I was trying to trade back in. I was trying to trade with Matt to get in front of you to get Sam Howell. And then I saw a post today that comes out that he uh, only eats chicken. Uh, so I'm kind of happy that I that I passed up on that end. But, anyways, anyways, let's 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 jump into these breakout ratings versus ADPs. Obviously, the most basic ADPs over the last seven days: Brees Hall's number one, Drake London three point three, Traylon Burks four point two, Garrett Wilson four point five, Jamison six, and Kenny Pickett, the first quarterback off the board, at seven point five seven. What are your thoughts on that first uh, first seven guys off the board here in uh, super flex drafts? Yeah, so like the first thing that jumps out to me is is Jameson. Everyone is super high on a guy that probably won't play this year. I mean, 
Jamison Williams might play towards the end of the year, but at that point, like, if you're the Lions, like, why would you even, why would you even like have him play? Like, you're like, you know, you're not gonna be playing this year for anything. I mean, they could get. I mean, I guess theoretically, they there's not a non-zero chance they could make a playoff run or get into the playoffs, but like, they're not going to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, they are firmly the number four team in the NFC North. I don't understand unless. <clears throat> I, I don't know, because typically, like, if your pick is that high at, at number at six, right? I would have to imagine you were pretty good in your in your league, or you know, a winning team. So it just seems weird to me that you're taking a guy that I don't know. What do you think? He he's the one I'm like I'm lost for words because it just seems like he's the, the weird one of the group. I do agree. I think that's the one kind of I would say outlier and the guy that I've been not drafting as much as him and Garrett Wilson not because I like don't like Garrett Wilson because I do I've had this discussion multiple times over the last couple days with different people I like Garrett Wilson I just think Olave has a higher uh, ceiling and floor in year one I think Sky Moore has a higher ceiling and floor in year one Uh, I think Jamison Williams likely is ready to go week one two or three I don't know if he plays much or, or even practices much through camp, but spending the 106 on Jamison Williams is hoping, I would say hoping that he's going to be ready week one and, and assuming he's going to be hundred percent week one and assuming that Detroit, I think it's safe to assume they're probably going to throw 650 times. There's a <laughs> lot of weapons there, Yeah, but at the same time, like, yeah, they're not going to be a great team, but I think they're going to be a good team. I just think it's a lot safer to go after an Olave and, and the breakup fighter tells you that the, the breakup fighter tells you that the difference in scoring is 60.8 to 39. Like it's a big, big wiggle room difference. And that shows you that maybe Olave should be going ahead of a guy like Jamison Williams. Who's down there at 39.6 with the height weight ratio difference. Um, he, he's, he's very light runs at four, three projected. Um, obviously had the, the great teammates at both schools, Ohio state and Alabama. I still think I would lean Olave in that situation. What, what do you think about non-breakout finder guy, Kenny Pickett, uh, 107? That was kind of the question, was where are these quarterbacks going to go? We got Pickett at 107. We got Malik at 15, so it's a 2.03 in standard 12-team leagues. You know, if you need a quarterback, where are you? Are you I mean, I know you grabbed Sam Howell on this. I, dr- I grabbed Matt Corral, round two of this big league we're in together. Kenny Pickett, 107. Malik, 203. Or are you just shipping it down to, to like a Ritter, Corral, Howell, round three, four? Yeah, I mean, like, like I think first off the bat is, like, if I could have taken Kenny Pickett, <clears throat> if I could have taken Kenny Pickett in the league that we're in together, right? We have a 16-team league that we're in. I think you take Kenny Pickett. I mean, the chances of him beating Mitch Trubisky are probably pretty high. And then once he does, he's got nothing but, like, weapons around him. So I don't – I get that people were concerned before the draft. But now that he's drafted, he's on the team. He's got first-round draft capital, the only one to get first-round draft capital. I think people are being too risk-averse and in, in, in overthinking it by saying, do they want to take Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett? Um, I, no offense to, like, Malik Willis and people who really like him, but, like, Ryan Tannehill is a much better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky, and it's going to be harder to overcome a guy who who's taking them to the playoffs a couple years in a row, right? I mean, not that they rode Ryan Tannehill's throwing ability to to get into the playoffs and win those playoff games, but still, I mean, he's he's 
I think he's better and more accurate than Mitch Trubisky is. I mean, don't you think so too? Tannehill's also the highest paid quarterback in 2022. He's got a he's got a massive salary cap, so there's I would say there's almost a zero percent chance that Willis plays in 2022 uh, unless an injury were to happen or Tannehill has some some Peterman like uh, outputs. But Trubisky, he just needs to mess up one time, and messing up one time could happen in training camp, and and Pickett Pickett's getting that day one output. So again, if you need a quarterback, the one guy that we pretty certain is going to get the the most starts we talked about this last week talking about rookie of the year opportunities starting all the games uh, starting 16 games starting 17 games the guy most likely to do that is Kenny Pickett so and again we're not saying he's Tom Brady but we think he's fairly close to a, a Ryan Tannehill so also talking about that way like Tannehill's keeping a job away from Malik Willis for at least a year maybe two Tannehill 2.0 could be taking the job away from a Trubisky. Like you said, it, it, it's it's perfectly aligned. It does make sense if you need a quarterback to take him at the 107-108. It is super flex, so generally we're talking about the 101, obviously, like last year with Lawrence and, and Lance and Fields and, and stuff like that. But let's move down to the end of round one now. I had a draft at the 111, the 112, and the 203 I was selecting. I grabbed Sky Moore at the 111. I grabbed George Pickens at the 112. And at the 203, I was just praying. There's two guys between us praying Trey McBride would fall to me. I ended up with Isaiah Spiller at the 203. Did I mess up taking Spiller at 203 over Zamir White? I think I think to me they're both at this point relatively the same value. And and here's why. Like Zamir White is is has the same issues that we find with Kenneth Walker. We're like Kenneth Walker, we think he's gonna have good value. We think he's going to be able to catch the ball, but there's no evidence that he ever has. And with Samir White, it's kind of the same too. Like you have a guy whose only job is to catch the football out of the backfield at Georgia, right? James Cook. So you're just kind of hoping that he's able to learn that skill, but he's also packed behind two other guys. And I know Josh Jacobs, I know the Raiders aren't going to hold on to him after this year or uh, decline his fifth year option. And Kenyon Drake is hurt right now. But we've talked about it before on the show, like Zamir White isn't without his own health concerns. And you don't really have the same health concerns you have with Isaiah Spiller. And Spiller's role or, or path to getting a starting role is more defined and easier for you to envision. It's just he doesn't really have us like to get to that to get to that level where he's actually playing and contributing on your team. He's more of a, a high floor play than he is a high ceiling play because Eckler is going to retain most of those touches, most of those targets, unless he goes down with an injury again. Can I tell you something? I also have Kenneth Walker on this team. I took Kenneth Walker 103. So I have Kenneth Walker, I have Isaiah Spiller, I have Sky Moore, and I have George Pickens. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting pretty good. This team won the championship two years ago. Last year I dealt with a lot of injuries. We're just revamping this baby up. I got Sky, I got Pickens, I got Walker, and now I got Spiller, who we know we ran a 4.64 at his pro day, but he is 20.7 years old. He's playing with Eckler, who has split time with Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson, Larry Roundtree. We're pretty positive, I am at least, that Spiller's better than those guys. You look at Isaiah Spiller on the breakout finder, top 12 teammate score, top 15 level of competition, top 15 receiver rating uh, in this last class. I feel very confident that Isaiah Spiller can do all the things, all the requisite things to be a, a, a capable running back in fantasy. Pairing him on this team, I got Gibson, 
I got Damian Harris, I got Chuba, I got Walker, now I got Spiller. I feel very good about that one. Is there any scenarios, so we're just kind of finishing out round one, is there any drafts you've been in, maybe like a like a second-round pick of, of a guy that you've had a tough time saying, oh, you know, I really want to take uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, but I think I should go receiver, or I think I should go quarterback. Have you had any of those, those tough calls the last couple of days? Yeah, yeah, I would say like, so... I was in this. I was at the second round. I think I had what is this? The two oh six. Um, I was up again, and I was looking on the, on the board like, okay, like who do I want to pick here? And Damian Pierce was on the board still. So was Tyrion Davis Price, Tyler Algiers, Amir White was still there. Um, and more of my thought process there was like, okay, I, I'm not nothing against Damian Pierce, but like. This is a league where I have to win now because if I don't win now, then I'm out of the league, basically. And I can't – you just got to fight to not be in last, right? So, like, I just need production, like, now. And I looked at, like, who's on the board and, like, Damian Pierce probably be the starter. But, like, also Marlon Mack is more than competent to keep him off the field enough, right? Just be annoying enough. And they're a shitty offense that's going to be not scoring a lot of touchdowns. So you can't really bank on touchdown upside. Tyrion Davis-Price, like – I wrote about it as I was rewriting some of the rookie bios today. Shout out to the rookie guide. It's going to be coming out with updated bios. Um, make sure you cop that when it comes, when it comes out again. Um, Tyrion Davis price, like doesn't have the same juice that the other guys in that team do. Like if you look across the board at the four Niners running backs, like everyone's hyping up Tyrion Davis price and he just doesn't have the same burst that Jermichael hasty does. Same burst that Trey Sermon does. The same burst that um, Elijah Mitchell does. Like, they all have it. He doesn't. So I couldn't justify taking him. And so I said, okay, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'll just go with Wandale Robinson. Um, part of my thought there was dynamicism between what I saw in college, him being used as a receiver, him being used as a running back, all sorts of gadgety plays, all that garbage. Um, and gadgety plays, you know, when you when you point so my thought process there was like maybe they use him so again this is gonna be a cliche you're gonna hear all throughout the offseason they're gonna use him like Debo Samuel he's not Debo Samuel but maybe they think they can copy whatever the 49ers do to some success and use him that way since he was used that way in college number two best season yardage share by a receiver in this class Wandell Robinson 45.5 percent behind Jalen Torres 52 and the number one, the number one dynamic score in the class by a clear six points, Wandell Robinson uh, over Dante Wright and 13 points over third place, Traylon Burks. Dynamic score, again, a composition of kick return, punt return, and rushing yardage accrued during a prospect's career. The higher the score, the more diverse and more elusive the athlete is. Wandell Robinson could be what we wanted Rondell Moore to be. You obviously remember that Wandell Rondale graphic from when he was at Nebraska. Wandell Moore could be a thing. You got him here at the 206. Like you said, you needed a receiver over the running back. You can always come back later in the draft, grab a running back. I applaud the pick. Using the breakup finder, dynamic score, number one, Wandale Robinson. And his current ADP going off in drafts is 29.6, which is right, right where you got him. Right, This is a 16-team league, and you got him at 24. So I think that's a I think that's a solid solid selection here. 
and and that's the one guy when you're looking at the breakout finder versus ADP. That's the one guy that really pops off. We we got this kind of thing built up on our show sheet, and it's showing green and red to see values, and his is blistering green because uh, it's it's the easy value. The other one on here that kind of pops off a little bit to me, a little bit higher on the board, is a John Mechie. Uh He's currently going off the board at 22.2. We talked about him the week before the draft. What do we say? The biggest riser post-draft will be John Mechie. He ended up going round, round two. Uh, in the NFL draft to Houston, great opportunity to play next to Nico, play with Brandon Cooks. Davis Mills all of a sudden has a little bit of weaponry. Damian Pierce, like we talked about before, have you had? Have you drafted any John Mechie? I, th- I drafted him once. I drafted. I'm in seven rookie drafts currently. I have a couple more starting up this weekend. I drafted him once. Yeah, you know what? I haven't had a chance to draft any John Mechie, but I did. I did. I did trade for. Davis Mills, um, kind of because there was rumors that they were going to they were going to probably take a couple of receivers to surround him, and I think John Mechie is a great addition to their receiving core. Tell me, do you like the trade? Did you like that trade that I made? So it's it's gonna be Davis Mills, uh, late second rounder this year, another late second rounder this year for a first rounder this year. You have to say that again. Did you give up a first rounder this year or next? Give out a first rounder for this year, and I got back Davis Mills and two second, two late second rounders. So you turn those second rounders into uh, turn those second rounders into Howell and Haskins. Howell and Haskins, yes. Okay, so I don't hate that. You give up your first round pick, but your first round pick was middle of the board. And it literally, as I'm looking at the board right now, it literally ended up being Kenny Pickett. So you got Mills and Howell for Pickett. Mills, Howell, and Haskins, yes. And Haskins, for, and you got a running Pickett. back out of it. So you got so you got for two Pickett. quarterbacks. You got two quarterbacks for Pickett, and you got Mills who's starting, and it looks mm-hmm. like he's going to be starting for the next foreseeable future. Yeah. Like they're giving him the they're giving him the opportunity. They know they're in full rebuild. They're like, hey man, it, the opportunity's here. Take it. Sam Howell, we both are in agreement. We think that he is likely the future in in uh, Washington if they give him the chance. Haskins, I think he's still low key. You got him uh, end of round two in the sixteen team league, which is the equivalence of end of round three in twelve team leagues. I like that trade. I, right away when I saw it go through, I didn't. Right away, I was like, dude. But now when you weigh how it comes out, Mills, Howell, Haskins, telling you, I like it. I like there's it. Love, there's layers to this stuff, man. There's levels to this. This is why. Everyone's dunking on me for the ETN stuff. It's just it's gonna come back. I'm telling you. So so Michael Winter in the chat says Houston could easily replace Mills if he face plants. Bad trade. To that you say? No. They're not going to. That's all I can say. I can't really say no. I can't really here, say they can't, right? Here, I'll answer it for you. This is what you say. You say, first off, fuck you. And then you say, This is my team. I have Davis Mills who's gonna be starting this year. And like you said before, if you didn't catch it. You have to win. You can't take last place or you get kicked out of this league. Yeah. You need you, to win Superflex now. Yeah. It's Superflex. It's 16 teams and it's deep. So you got Mills, who's going to be starting. Kenny Pickett could still be a flop. We at least know Mills can complete the pass down the field. Sam right. Howell got a big arm. You're shooting for upside there. And Haskins, I love him as the number two behind Henry. So I, if anything, worst case scenario, I think it's an even trade. So uh, I still applaud it. Solid work there. John Mechie, though, like we talked about a second ago, 
Number two or number three level of competition score uh, in the breakout finder. Number three teammate score on the breakout finder. Mechie just you know quietly did the damn thing. And like Matt has said a thousand times, how is there an Alabama receiver with a thousand yard season or almost multiple thousand yard seasons not going round one? He ends up going round two. John Mechie, another guy that you can be looking for in the latter half of round two of your rookie drafts. He's going around the likes of Alec Pierce, another guy that's relatively you know relatively up there in the breakout finder david bell the breakout finder did not love quite as much in that same tier we dropped down a little bit more we're talking now into the 30s so now we're talking end of round three round four some values that we're seeing pop up here via the breakout finder the breakout finder likes taekwon thornton loves taekwon thornton loves taekwon thornton at the end of the th- end of the third round we talked about this the other night He's just kind of like the future replacement for Nelson Aguilar, no? Yeah, I mean, basically, he's he's going to blaze down the field and be there. He's going to end up being their, their deep threat guy. And as I'm looking at it right now, like, decent decent dynamic score, teammate score, not super high. Um, I mean, just kind of does everything pretty pretty well. I'm, I'm not seeing anything where he's... Nothing, nothing leader, special. Right? Nothing, nothing no. pops off the screen for him. He's, he's like... He's 13th in uh, best season tar- touchdown share, uh, 15 yards per reception, eh, whatever it is what it is, 30% target share, best season. That That's kind of what's like helping his profile a little bit. Again, yeah. nothing is like overly special. 10% freshman yardage share. There's nothing special about Taekwon other than the draft capital that he got. He's a super athlete when it comes to, uh, in comparison to a Jamison Williams, uh, or in comparison to a Devonta Smith, he's kind of got that the long arms, the six two hundred eighty pound frame, with a legal four two forty versus the 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 projected Jamison four three zero forty. Tyquan Thornton opportunities there. I like it. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to be drafting very much Tyquan Thornton, but the breakout finder likes him in the end of round three, start of round four. If all these receivers that I like are gone, you got to click that button on, on uh, Tyquan. Some some people you need to, to 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 pass over late in these drafts, like we always talk about. Take running back late in these drafts. One that really pops off the screen is Kevin Harris, forty-seven ADP right now, which is the last pick in a four-round draft. Kevin Harris, steadily sitting there, multi-thousand-yard rushing seasons. Young, played with Zaquandre White. He's had the back injuries. He's going to New England. He's probably not going to play much in 2022. Damian Harris becomes a free agent next year. Can I convince you on Kevin Harris? No, you you, you really can't. I, I no, you can't. No, son you, of a bitch. No, you can't. You can't. And, you, and this is again, like I mentioned, the 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 rookie bios. It's going to come out the updated rookie guys soon. This backfield is just a giant clusterfuck. It just it really is. Like, good luck trying to figure out who they're going to start and when. Um, 21 years old, 18-year-old breakout age, 220 pounds. I, I, yeah, man, I, like, I wish I wish I could be all in on him. I really do. Fuck. It just, he, it's crazy to think, like, Pierre Strong could come in and take work away from him. You know, Damien Harris could continue to be the lead back there. Ramondre Stevenson could be the guy this year, right, if they decide to move on from Damien Harris. just You just have no idea who the starting guy is going to be there this year, next year, three years from now. I, I hate it. I hate taking these guys. 
1,100 yards, 669 yards rushing. He missed the two multi or he missed the multi 1,000 yard, which is the key stat we look for is how, how many of these guys can rush for 1,000 yards twice in their career, not just once, but twice. He missed out on that by uh, 300 yards. Uh, there was nine nine guys in this class that hit the thousand yard mark twice. Uh, obviously led by Brees Hall with multi fourteen hundred yard seasons. Sincere McCormick multi fourteen hundred yard seasons, and Bryant Kobach, uh, the, the little guy, was uh, bolstered up here because of multi thousand yard seasons. And Tyler Algier, Pierre Strong, like you talked about, multi thousand yard seasons in South Dakota State, reminded me a little bit and. We're at the draft in Vegas, and this pick happens. The Kevin Harris pick happens. The Zappy pick, the Twyquan pick, and, and Matt was just tilting, right? He's like, what the hell? Are they? There's so many different options they could have went, and they go after the. And I'm like, I don't know about the Kevin Harris pick, but the, the Pierre Strong one feels like Kevin Falk. And remember, Kevin Falk was a pivotal point in that offense back in the, in the early 2000s. And Falk was like 5'8", 207, ran like a 4.55. They might be clones, the Pierre Strong might be that whatever they were building in New England, which I think they're trying to combine everything that they've ever done into one. Uh, I don't know, but I like it. I like Pierre Strong uh, in New England. His current ADP off the board is round. I'm not seeing it. Round uh, three? Round three, okay. yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's going to Carson Strong. I don't see it. Anyway, round three, Pierre Strong's going off the board. I, I like that ADP for, for Pierre Strong. I'm drafting him there. So I'm happy with that. Let's move on to like round four, round five. Some of these late round guys. We talked about Kevin Harris. Who's somebody in the late rounds, round four, round five, that you are targeting? Um, so I would say like first one off the bat, like and maybe he doesn't qualify. I guess he kind of quite disqualify. Like Romeo Dobes for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess, okay. well, because I guess he's got an ADP of 38.5 right now, Green right? Bay. He's in Green Bay. He's in Green Bay, and the breakout finder is is kind of okay on him, which is more surprising to me than anything else because yeah. I thought coming from a smaller school, he'd have, and, and with, with Carson Strong whipping the ball around, like he would be, he'd have a lower breakout rating, or lower, uh, yeah, breakout fighter rating than he has. And to me, like, what if Christian Watson is not the guy that we think he is, right? What if he is FCS level of competition does really matter, right? To to be that good against, right? And I know he played the Senior Bowl with people and looked like a uh, you know a man, but like, what if Romeo Dubs can can just carve out a little niche role for himself, you know, does the thing really well, not really exceptional any one thing. I mean, he was only one of like 3,000 yard receivers that returned in 2021. If you're doing it in 2020, it was like him, Jalen Tolbert, and uh, I can't remember the third cat. But at any rate, like a good multi thousand yard season producer. Um, I don't know. I, I think there are worse picks you can make at that point. You're not buying into the the Carson Wentz, Cole Turner, Nevada Fugues, where they just returned all together and they kind of just. They melded and it was like, oh, hey, I know how to play football. You know how to play football. Let's just play four seven two forty. You're not. If you got the fourth round draft capital. I mean, Breakout Finder three, likes it. Yeah, I mean, like we we can kind of trust it to some extent, right? That Green Bay and Pittsburgh, we're giving them the benefit of the doubt. They can make decent draft picks when it comes to wide receiver. At least they have in the past. So to me, like, I'm willing to take the risk in the third round or fourth round even to take Romeo Dubs, depending on where he lands. 
Um, who's the guy that you're looking at in the fourth round? So let's go fourth round here. So the third round, I, I, I can't, can't talk about him. You talked about Tol- Tolbert a minute ago. That's one guy that I have hit on uh, is, is, is Tolbert. In the round four, I'm only in one draft right now that's in round four. Um, and this range in this particular draft, it's tight end premium, and I've been hitting a lot of tight end. I got Bellinger, I've got Cole, uh, Charlie Kohler, and I got Jake Ferguson. Those are my three tight ends, and I'm, I'm going to be on the clock here in probably an hour after we get the show. And I'm looking at other guys that I don't love. I'm looking at Jalen Naylor. I'm looking at Sincere McCormick. I'm looking at some some guys like that on this list. But the one guy that I did take today, I'll bring this one up because it's not a guy that I expected to be drafting at all. And when you plug him into the breakout finder, the breakout finder does not love him, obviously. The the athleticism's not there. But I think the opportunity will be. We saw Sony Michelle leave the LA Rams, left kind of a hole in that team. This guy ran a four six five uh, at the combine, ran a four six nine at his pro day. He's still twenty one years old, eighty eighth percentile college target share, seventieth percentile college dominator. He weighed in 194 pounds, but I saw a picture on Twitter. He made a look 220 with a little beer belly. I think they may be partying a little hard at Notre Dame. 1,000-yard season, 995. He missed that multi-1,000-yard rushing season by five measly yards this last year. Maybe if you would have put the tacos down, Twinkies down, he would have hit it. 35 receptions, 42 receptions. I took Kyron Williams at the 406. Now, can we just take a second and remember in January where some people had Kyron Williams. Yeah. Kyron Williams was a first-round pick back in January. We had him as the uh, Austin Eckler, remember? And then it slowly he slowly started to die. And then he kind of came back from the dead towards the end of then, the toward, – towards yeah. the closer to the draft. And then he caught fifth-round fifth round draft capital, which, I mean, obviously isn't great, but it was one round later than Isaiah Spiller. He ran just as fast as Isaiah Spiller, a little bit slower. He did. He has twenty pounds lighter. Uh, I mean, he's kind of turned into you know Spiller's right where we talked about him being before everybody else kind of jumped on mm-hmm. the two hundred five, the two hundred six range. We're like, this is where it's going to be. That's where you go to the board: two hundred five, two hundred six, two hundred seven, whatever it may be. Now you can get Kyron Williams in round four. That's a dart I like to throw, like the Snoop Connor dart. Not as big a fan of throwing the dart at Snoop Connor when James Robinson's there. Uh, you know. We've seen them bring in guys like Carlos Hyde, and uh, they got Travis Etienne. But I did throw the dart on Kyron Williams, not a breakout finder favorite, but Kyron Williams, I think, just an opportunity guy with the LA Rams next to Cam Akers, next to Daryl Henderson. Do you hate that? No, I no, I don't hate that because I'm looking at like Steve Connor, like Steve Connor to me, he's a bad football player. If you're hearing this. Do not draft Snoop Connor in any format. He's just he's certified dog water in all formats. He's he did he's he's just bad. He's just not very good. I mean, I'm looking at like guys that have higher breakout ratings ahead of him, right? Dudes like Julius Chestnut, Keontae Ingram, right? Dudes that we we kind of expect that are going to be more dynamic at that next level. I just don't I don't understand. Like he just. He wasn't very efficient on the carries that he had at Old Miss. He was constantly splitting the field with Jerry Neely and another guy. I don't know. I don't understand the fascination with him. I know he's in Jacksonville now, but I think he's more like just insurance as a jag for 
if Travis Etienne's not ready to go game one, you know, if, if it takes longer for James Robinson to come back, they just need someone who's a meat shield for those guys, in, in, in my opinion. And you brought up Keontae Ingram, who yeah. I thought I was going to be getting a lot more of. I thought he was going to be a bona fide fourth-round pick. I thought I was going to be smashing that button early fourth, bang, bang, bang. He's crept into the third, and he's rising. Uh, I see him going off the board in the third round consistently, 306, 308, 39 in drafts. And I thought I've missed him on. You got any Keontae Ingram? The breakout finder has him 19th overall, uh, but it's in that there's, there's a tier of guys there between uh, 15 and 23 uh, scoring. I'm, I'm, I'm saying 15 and 23 points in the breakout finder rating, and that's running back 10 to running back 23. So there's a big tier there. I think Keontae, from an opportunity standpoint, could rise at the top of these guys. We're talking about Pacheco, uh, Pierre Strong, Hassan Haskins, Jerome Ford. And, and and Keontae, going at the board late third, have not gotten any shares of him yet, and it's it's kind of irking me. What do you think? What, what, what's what's kind of crazy to me, like, like so you mentioned Pacheco, right? Like, he's been a favorite of ours. And to let me touch on Keontae Ingram real quick first. Like, I've, I think I've taken him in, like, one one of my drafts. I think he's pretty dynamic. He's got an open, kind of openish backfield, right, on a, hot, a fast-paced offense, right? You know, there's a chance that Eno Benjamin is not that dude. Um, and James Conner is going to be gone after a couple of years. And there's a chance that James Conner breaks down at some point, too. Both those things are very realistic to where Kenton Ingram could be dynamic enough to get on that field. And if he's on that field, right, the fast pace of play, kind of Murray, yada, yada, all the buzzwords that we love to hear, he's got an opportunity there. But you mentioned our one of our, 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 our crown jewels in the show, Isaiah Pacheco. Like, him going in the seventh round, to me, I thought that killed – I thought that there was it. I was like, okay, well, he's dust. He's done. Then you sent me the show sheet beforehand, right? Some of the breakout ratings here. And he's got like an outstandingly high one. Can you explain to the people what's kind of driving that high breakout rating? It just it's a multitude of things and it's it's led by the athleticism. Uh it's it's led by him still being twenty two years old. Uh he's not an early declare. Seven hundred yards, six hundred yard season, so they're not like 300 yard seasons and and you got to take into account the school the level of competition uh, yeah. he had a strong level strong level of competition playing in the big 10 uh uh what was i going to say 58th percentile uh yards per or yards per carry yards per reception sorry uh, it's a multitude of things that playing at the sc- small school can actually benefit him because the amount of output that that Rutgers has and the same thing that goes in line with with Bo Melton is just the sheer lack of talent at Rutgers multitude like Pacheco puts himself in that range with where again I don't even think they threw for a thousand yards and and they kind of leaned on Pacheco a little bit 40 percent touchdown share in his best season 56 percent yard team yard share in his best season so like (laughs) those are things that can just bring him up plus again the athleticism is big with running backs uh, and of course we know Pacheco excelled at that 510 216 pounds the BMI is there uh, again, I, he's not like at the top end of this, but he's just outside the top ten. Uh, I think he came in at number came in at number ten, so he's sitting in a good spot, especially for being a seventh round pick. To me, I think he's a big he's a big riser um, in terms of the breakout like breakout rating versus where he's going in in drafts too. Um, who's who's a receiver? Since we haven't talked a lot about the receivers yet, who's a receiver that you find yourself taking that um, kind of aligns nicely with 
with a pretty decent breakout rating. I know we talked about Rovio Dubs. Anybody else in that range that you're seeing going off the you, board? You're, you, you're talking late? Yeah, yeah. Give me like a fourth or fifth round guy that you're seeing that, that you like. Late, late. I have not been taking receivers, um, but I will give an onus to the creator and the OG of the breakout finder, and that is uh, Nate Liss. Shout out and outraged you on Twitter. Um, Nate Liss drafted Valus Jones in this draft that you and me are in together. Valus is uh, almost 30 years old. Uh, <laughs> in layman terms, he just turned 25 uh, today. Shout out Valus Jones. He turned 25 years old today. No bullshit. Four three one forty yard dash. Again, dynamic as hell. Dyn- dynamic brings in kick return, punt return, rushing yardage. When I talked to him at the Senior Bowl, he was talking about how you know his his cousin Calvin Turner is the best kick returner in the country, uh, but he thinks he's the best pure returner in the league or in the country. Compared himself to Debo Samuel, but said Debo Samuel doesn't return punts. Um, okay, <laughs> he might himself be older. Then Debo Samuel, uh, I'm just kidding, he's not really. But this guy has it between the ears. It took him a while to break out. He's at USC. He was at Tennessee uh, for, what, six or seven years total, I believe Dude, it was. Yeah. His, his teammate score is sixth in this class overall behind the likes of Garrett Wilson, Olave, Mechie, Slade, Bolden. So he played with all those, you know, he played with a lot of talent at USC and at Tennessee. You're talking Josh Palmer. You're talking about uh, Drake London. You're talking Michael Pittman. All these guys that we've talked about from USC over the last uh, few seasons. So just a multitude of uh, level of competition, teammate score, and, and and just what he did with opportunities that he did get. Uh, Valus Jones is a guy that you got to click the button on. He's going to be a lot higher than anybody expects in the breakout finder. Yeah, being being 30 year almost 30 35 years old, I'm sure he's going to look forward to when he can run for president. The thing is is the is the breakout finders you're projecting breakouts. So this guy hypothetically should be like be the most mature. He should. Right? Like should be, but we'll see. It's going to be very interesting to see especially with what Chicago did at the receiver position, which was nothing. Nothing. Literally nothing. It's Komet, it's Mooney, and O'Shag Hennessy. So that's what we're looking at at receiver and tight end for Mr. Justin Fields. But, again, the the Valus Jones and Tyquan Thornton being ahead of Jamison Williams is not something I expected, but that's where we're at. Any surprises uh, looking over all of these? Any surprises, anything you're like, damn, I knew that was where he was going to end up, anything like that? I get the the hate for like by the breakout finder for Bo Melton. I know he's like one of our favorite guys. You know, I don't like that he's coming out. He's grading out pretty poorly from the breakout finder rating. That's that's a killer. Um, you know, we were huge fans of his work. Thought that he was just held back by a Rutgers off, off offense. I'm looking at the looking at the breakout finder ratings we have here in the show sheet, and I'm looking at and I'm thinking. Um, Another guy like pretty low comparatively to where I thought he maybe would have been um, was was like Tyler Algier. Like, and I'm guessing what factors into his rating being as low as it is, right, is probably the level of competition, I'd imagine, right? You're at BYU, you take you a while for you to break out, you're not playing against power five teams every week. You're playing against group of five teams and whatnot, other independents. 
again, no teammates. Uh, he did have the multi-thousand-yard seasons, but uh, the true lack of, of receiving, uh, no dy- no dynamism, okay receiving rating. Uh, he did come in around a four six zero. He's he break out till he's twenty years old. It, it played linebacker for a couple years. It's it's just a. It's tough. It's a it's, it's a tough sell. But again, he's in that same range with those other guys we talked about: Keontae, Jerome Ford, Pierre Strong, like that. Uh, receiver rating, though. Let's just break over a couple of the big numbers here. Receiver rating, uh, the number one guy, no surprise here, Rashad White. This is the relative usage and efficiency of the running back in the passing game, zero to one hundred. Uh, scoring over eighty-five is is a is bona fide dynamic receiver. A couple guys that scored over the eighty-five: Rashad White, Tyler Batty, Bryant Kobach hit that eighty-five threshold. Uh, Tristan Ebner, Ronnie Rivers. Ronnie Rivers also maybe played in college for nine years. Any surprise with with Rashad White? Do you still like Tyler Batty, Bryant Kobach? Any interest in those guys? Yeah. So like. <sighs> I have a hard time. I have a hard time liking those guys because I follow our boy Noah Hills, Shaw Watermelon One Hundred One, um, Noah No More Lemonade on Twitter, and he he has absolutely body Tyler Beatty, Batty, and and I can't get behind him once Noah kind of says like kind of gives his piece right. He described him as like a another Justice Hill guy kind of coming in. He's not really going to be used. You got Gus Edwards, you got J.K. Dobbins there that are going to command the targets, command the rush attempts. I don't really see how he gets a chance to get on the field, and he's not going to be better than those two guys. Um, the Brian Kobach one, again, the tough part with these guys is like. He's in Minnesota. He's in Minnesota, and he's got to beat out Kenny Nwongu. He's got to beat out Alexander Madison. He's got to. And then some Ty Chandler. Delvin, yeah, Ty Chandler, even. Like. A lot of these dudes, again, reference the bios again. They're just stuck behind like multiple levels of dudes that are just either jags or guys that have been there for a while or dudes that have had pops here and there. That like I can't confidently say that a guy from Toledo is going to be able to beat out Ty Chandler. A guy from Toledo is going to be able to beat out Kenny Nwongu, who we've seen have some success in various games, or Alexander Madison, who's been able to shoulder the workload both receiving and rushing. Um, and none of them are even going to hold the candle to Dalvin Cook. So I I have a hard time recommending to anybody to take these guys even late round. I wish Kobach was about 15 pounds bigger. That's the one thing. 209 pounds yeah. and not running like a full 4-0, kind of like we saw from Elijah Mitchell, makes it tough. He would go to Toledo, but he is, again, 24.1 years old. So it's, it's a tough sell for me. Go over to the receiver. You look at dynamic score. That's another big one here. Wandell Robinson, like we touched on before, big drop up down to Traylon Burks, Khalil Shakir, Kyle Phillips. I saw you draft Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips is third in the dynamic score. Can you tell me something on Kyle Phillips? Because this is a guy that I generally have been out on. Yeah, coming out of UCLA, like I know there were some people that thought he was going to go higher in the draft. Um people started getting high on him like later as the draft started like I, I want to say like I had not really heard of him like a month out before the draft. I heard about him like maybe two or three weeks before, or two weeks probably before, and started looking at some of his game film. Um, he He's like a decent enough guy, you know? I'm not like totally out on him. He, he seems like a dude that 
can probably get some playing time. He's a little bit older. Um, I'm not like hoping that he's going to be the number one in his offense, but you know, maybe he carves out a little of the niche role for himself. I need to take a swing at another guy that I knew had dynamic, high dynamic score. And I figured if you can get close to the field through special teams, he might be able to find a way into the receiving, in the receiver's room after he spends some time in the special teams area. I think that's where he's going to get it, right? I think Gunnar Olszewski when I think of of Kyle Phillips. Um, I, again, it's it's just a tough sell for me. You look at the range of guys in that in that area. Um, let's see where he go, Kyle Phillips. So, so again, it's around the the Valus Jones range. Calvin Austin. Uh, Calvin Austin's also undersized. It's a guy that I, I probably would rather hit that button on Calvin Austin, but I mean, but. Here's the thing, though, right? Like, like so, so one of, I guess you can spin yourself into a narrative here, which is kind of what I did. Um, first thing is like, Robert Woods. It's gonna take Robert Woods some time to heal to heal from the ACL tear, right? We don't, we don't think, or maybe he might be back right away. He probably won't though. He's gonna be 30 years old coming back from an ACL tear. <clears throat> That's gonna be tough at first. So either he gets on the field with. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, and he becomes the second guy that they're going to throw to because they have to throw the ball eventually to somebody. He's going to throw the ball to AJ, to Traylon Burks, not AJ Brown, Traylon Burks, and he's got to throw the ball to someone else because when Traylon Burks is covered and can't separate, you know, according to some of the charting that you've seen out there with him running man versus zone, uh, they're going to throw Kyle Phillips. So that's my first thought. My second thought is that if that's not a good enough narrative for you. The narrative you could also spin yourself into thinking is like, okay, if Malik Willis is the backup quarterback, maybe there's a backup, you know, mesh going on where he's throwing the ball to Kyle Phillips all the time in practice now because he's in the second string as well. Maybe they develop chemistry that way. So when Malik takes over, Kyle maybe elevated them too. He becomes a, a key target for Malik to throw to who feels comfortable throwing in that offense. That's at least my my two rationals. I, I spun them in the back of my head. All right, so we, we've looked over the breakout finder. Uh, we've talked through all these drafts that we've done together. High end, low end. It, people ask in the chat about Brees Hall to Kenneth Walker, the difference between the two. Is Kenneth Walker number two in the breakout finder? Yes, Kenneth Walker is number two in the breakout finder. But it is a clear, a clear jump down from Brees Hall to Kenneth Walker. But to end this show out tonight, Andy, I got I got a question for you. I need to get a hot take. We're closing in an hour on a Wednesday in May in the middle of rookie draft season. Give me a hot take for 2022 regarding a mid to late round rookie in this class. You got a hot take for me? Jalen Tolbert, high breakout rating, more yards than CeeDee Lamb this year. Jalen Tolbert, high breakout rating, more yards than CeeDee Lamb this year. 
Okay, who the fuck is Montreal Washington? Can we talk about that for a second? Who who the fuck is this guy? He looks like a fraudulent fucking Greg Dorch to me. Well, we got. I mean, we have to care at some point. I mean, they took him. They didn't take him with like no draft cap. They took him with the fifth round, didn't they? Because it's Denver, dude. They don't. Plus, what the fuck do they need a receiver like him for anyway? They got fucking everybody. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. No, I no, I don't hate that because I'm looking at like Steve Connor, like. Steve Connor to me, he's a bad football player. If you're hearing this, do not draft Snoop Connor in any format. He's just, he's certified dog water. He's dog fucking water. Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi, Bailey Zappi being out Mac Jones. That's been a... Fuck you. Um, yeah, that was kind of random, sorry. Um... Um, he offered me three five, three six, and three seven in this year's draft. We're currently at three oh two. I just took Sam Howell. So I have Kenneth Walker, Malik Willis, Sam Howell in this league. Um and I have four oh two and four oh five. And he offered me three five, three six, and three seven. What do you think he wanted me to give him? Uh, first next year and a third. First round pick for th- for three thirds. Oh, really? Yeah. Best guy best guy available right now is uh Zamir White, Brian Robinson, Jalen Tolbert. I don't think I want to give up a first round pick next year for that. Well, I mean if Tolbert outscores CeeDee Lamb, then maybe I do. Jalen Tolbert, high breakout rating, more yards than CeeDee Lamb this year. He's certified dog water. 